Welcome to the Butterfly Broadcast, sharing stories of transformation after pregnancy and infant loss. I'm your host, Bailey DeMars. Speaking of transformations, this podcast is brought to you by perhaps the most transformative product that exists for your skin, Promycin, an acne treatment that actually works and fast. My cute husband has had acne since he was a teenager, and this summer he used Promycin, and for the first time ever, his back was clear. I'm not kidding. I saw a difference after one use, and five days later, the acne was gone. Promycin comes from the Cara Poloni skincare line, and I love and use all of her products, including micro needle powder cleanser, nano silver spray, healing facial serum, hydrating kiss mist spray, and their lip balm. My favorite part is that every ingredient is natural and supplied by the wholesaler Bulk Naturals. So get your skin transformation started at carapaloni.com or simply just Google Promyosin. Hello, welcome to the Butterfly Broadcast. Today we have the lovely Ashley Sorensen, who's actually Mrs. Washington County 2024, as well as the Core Pelvic Floor Corrective Exercise Specialist. I'm personally super excited to have her as my guest today because, like I said, she is competing for Mrs. Utah America, and I've been able to get to know her a little bit better over the last little while, but it's time for everybody else to get to know her better too. So hi, Ashley. How are you? Hey, Bailey. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and also to be part of the Mrs. Utah program. Um, It's been so great to get to know you a little bit better. Oh, the feeling is mutual, and I can 100% get behind your why and your purpose of doing it. So that's what I want listeners to learn more about today. So first of all, let's get to know Ashley a little bit better and tell us a few interesting things about yourself. Yeah, so I am 29 years old. I live in Southern Utah. I've lived in Southern Utah almost my entire life. This is this is home. Never lived outside of Utah. Um, I have three children, three living children. I have an eight-year-old daughter, a six-year-old little boy, and then I had a miscarriage in 2021, and I have a one-year-old little boy as well. So we kind of have a large little gap there, but it is the very best. We have so much fun. We love anything outside, camping, hunting, fishing. We spend a lot of time outdoors, which is, of course, why we live in Southern Utah, because it's the best place to do so. I'm jealous of that. I love the red rock and the heat, and I would love to escape snow. So good choice. <laughs> yeah, anybody, come on down. The red rocks, the sun, it's it's just beautiful, and we love it here. So you were inspired to join the Mrs. Utah America program because of your background, like I mentioned earlier. So I'd love for you to tell a little bit more about your story, about you know how you became passionate about this field of work and you know your personal why. Yeah. So as I was thinking about that for this podcast specifically, 
I kind of even went back to some of the jobs that I had quite a while ago. So in 2013, I worked for an OBGYN office in Utah County. Um, I was newly engaged, just about to get married, hadn't had any children of my own. And it was, I was kind of thrown into the idea of motherhood just by working in this office. And I really, really loved it. But I did notice that a lot of these women were struggling. Um, And one thing that I loved about my job is that I had the opportunity to just connect with them face to face. They'd come in for their appointments and it was, how are you? Oh, I'm good. No, how are you really? And would actually get to talk. And I got to see a lot of the same women. You guys know how it is when you're when you're expecting you're at the doctor's office all the time. Um, And so I got to kind of see inside of pregnancy and postpartum and hormones and all of the things that we go through. And it was incredible, but it was also really eye-opening to some of the struggles. So fast forward to moving to Southern Utah. We moved to Southern Utah, and then I kind of started into my fitness career. As a personal trainer, I was doing a little bit of um, virtual stuff for the OBGYN at that same time. And I gravitated towards the moms. When I just started as a general personal trainer and when I started teaching group fitness classes, I was lucky enough to work in a fitness studio that had childcare. And so that's where the moms hung out. That's where all of us young moms were. At that time, I had had my first two children, but I started to notice a huge gap in the fitness industry of kind of the way our bodies work. Postpartum wasn't exactly the way they worked in the textbook that I had studied to become a personal trainer. And so after having my second baby, I had severe diastasis recti, which is the separation of the abdominal muscles. And during that pregnancy, I had pubic symphysis pain, which is pain right in the front of the pubic bone. And it is no fun at all. But I was still trying to be a fitness instructor and a personal trainer. And I was still working out six times a week, but it wasn't helping. Um, And so that's when I started to change from just being general fitness, you know, the the get fit, get strong, eat your protein, personal trainer to, I think these moms need a little bit more. How are we going to make sure that their back isn't hurting all the time, that they're not so sore after workouts that they can't carry their kids upstairs to bed and things like that. And so that's when I really started studying more of the corrective exercise things. Um, But again, with that, working with these moms and getting to have these conversations of, you know, how are you really? Um, I was blessed that so many of them trusted me to kind of open up with a lot of the things that weren't just happening physically, but I got to see into a lot of the struggles that these moms were having. And for me at that point, I was able to recognize in myself some of the symptoms of postpartum depression and anxiety and things that I had that I maybe hadn't, I had just brushed them off. I hadn't given any thought to it. Um, and so I was, I was helping them, but they were really helping me as well. But I noticed again that, what are we missing? Like, there's a huge gap in the way that our new moms are being taken care of, both physically and emotionally. Um, and so that's when I just really dove into the core and pelvic floor corrective exercise, was able to work firsthand with so many of these moms and got to see that connection of mental health and physical health. I don't, I don't think I've seen one woman at all with core and pelvic floor dysfunction that doesn't also have emotional side effects as well, that isn't struggling with anxiety or depression or tension or rage. 
And so that connection has been huge for me in just the research that I've done this last year, seeing, yeah, that usually if you have one, you probably have the other, whether it's caused by something or whether they're just, they're just correlated because of the time, because of the period that we're all in, in our lives right now. So it's super interesting and so awesome. Wow, that is something really fascinating. It causes me to reflect um, about, you know, how I'm physically feeling and emotionally feeling and, you know, how carrying physical burdens can really affect you and how you feel emotionally about yourself as a new mom. Yeah, for sure. So we can pick on you for a second, Bailey. (laughs) Did you notice any, um, you know, like postpartum depression or anything? as as well as some of those physical symptoms like the things that like peeing your pants and back pain and shoulder pain from rocking a newborn baby all night long yeah i mean so i have a 3 year old and i have a 1 year old and i think back to after my 3 year old and he came early preterm and so afterwards i feel like emotionally i really suffered from guilt um, for his preterm birth and feeling responsible for that and not feeling like I remember my doctor like my OBGYN kind of um, was like well yeah you shouldn't have been doing this and this and I was like oh my gosh like she she agrees it's my fault and so um, I think that really affected me physically because it wore me down like even more than staying up all night, you know, with a newborn. And then I think to my, you know, the, you know, I had a miscarriage and I feel like after the miscarriage, I suffered physically and mentally a lot um, because I, I felt like I put on weight and I didn't have a nursing baby afterward to tie in everything back up, you know, like I just felt like I was pregnant and then I wasn't and I was left with that squishy body and reminder of what didn't work out um and then like the you know the soreness I felt like I had pelvic soreness even from delivering that small gestational sack um and you know not really any there wasn't a six-week follow-up after a miscarriage or anything like that um, and then I think back to my most recent delivery, um, and I have had a lot of those, like, as I'm going to be honest, peeing my pants at burn boot camp and, um, and pelvic pain again, and just, and, and, you know, being really careful about coning when I'm doing all the exercises still. So I would think I would fall under all of these categories in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. And what the reason that I had decided to join in the Mrs. Utah America competition and to even now represent myself as Mrs. Washington County is because I feel like it's going to open those doors of being able to just start these conversations. Once we start these conversations, that's the first step in making real change. And like you were saying with your miscarriage, you have so many of the of the you go through the symptoms of pregnancy, you have, you're pregnant. And then, and then one day we're not. And so we carry the emotional burden of that. We also carry the physical burden of that. 
but there's also so many physical things that whether you have a really early miscarriage or these moms that are going through even full term and delivering a stillborn and the the weight and the gravity of that loss feels like it takes over but then there are physical symptoms that still remain you can still have you know tearing you can still have pelvic floor dysfunction you can still have that pain for a really long time afterward and sometimes we don't give ourselves the the grace to embrace that when we don't have a baby in our arms and that was really hard for me when i had my miscarriage so i miscarried in 2021 it was a surprise pregnancy and we were just ecstatic 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 i was able to get into the obgyn really early because i had some cramping and we had an ultrasound and we got to see the baby's heartbeat and everything just became real and we told my two children even though it was pretty early we were around nine weeks at that point um and then just very very quickly after is when the rest of this of the symptoms of my miscarriage started showing up the more extreme cramping the bleeding and um, I know that so many of the moms that are listening to this podcast have been there and you can feel just exactly how that was. Well, this was early in 2021 and with COVID, there were still a lot of restrictions. Um, and so my doctor had really just encouraged me, like, I, I just want you to try to pass at home. And so I had taken medication, taken like the weekend to really try to emotionally and physically heal. And I thought that everything was good. So I went on vacation with my family that next week, um, kind of a, like, let's get out of here. Let's get our minds off of everything. Went on vacation with my family and I was still having some symptoms. And so after I came home, which at this point, it would have been about 14 weeks, I went in for a follow-up appointment and they weren't going to do an ultrasound. They were just going to say, okay, go ahead. You're free to try again, those things. And I just kept having this nagging feeling like my body doesn't feel good. I know that your body doesn't feel good after a miscarriage, but I just had this nagging feeling that it was extra not feeling good. Um, and they did an ultrasound and noticed that there was still the majority of the tissues um, and that I, w- I was still carrying my baby. And that was so scary at that point. That was almost more more frightening and worrisome because at that point I I had been carrying a baby that was no longer living for about five weeks. Um, wow. So I went in for a DNC, and although I I love St. George Hospital, I've worked with so many people there that are just fantastic. I will say that day was a hard one. The day I had my DNC, the nurses were rushed. They were not caring. They were like, oh, it's okay, hun. One in four, you know, mm-hmm. one in four, one in four women, like, you're good. Um, they came in to give me the IV, and the guy that was giving me the IV was like, oh, this is a super easy procedure. You're going to be fine. And like just little things. And I'm like, you guys, I'm not, I wasn't emotional and upset because I was getting an IV or because I was being, you know, wheeled back into a surgery. I was still grieving the loss of my baby. Um, my husband wasn't allowed to be in the room until post-op, until they had moved me to a different unit. So I was kind of going through a lot of that by myself. And then even afterwards, after the DNC, I never saw my doctor again that day. Like they never came back in to check on me. Nobody came and said, you know, like, here are some resources. Here's where you should be turning. Um, They just kind of sent me home and me and my husband got in the car and we looked at each other like, what do we do now? Like, do we go to lunch? Like, what? 
what is this? We just weren't sure what to do. And so between that and then luckily I've had um, very great physical recoveries with each of my babies. And of course I owe a lot of that to the research and the work that I've done on that. I see that huge gap of being discharged with from my first child in 2015, my miscarriage in 2021, and then my last baby in 2022, that when you're discharged from the hospital, there is no, like postpartum screening, they're not looking at your risk factors. They weren't looking at me and seeing a mom that had lost a baby. They were discharging me to clear up the room. Um, And so part of my platform and my reason for doing Mrs. Utah is hopefully to open up some of those doors so that I can talk to the right people and get some better resources into the hospital. Because how great would it be that when you leave the hospital, whether you're leaving from a DNC or whether you're leaving with a baby in your arms, that you're able to like know that you have somewhere to call and someone to listen and you know what to do if you start having those intrusive thoughts and feeling like you're going to hurt yourself. You have a game plan. I don't think anyone should leave the hospital after any of these things without a solid game plan of what to do if our emotions get out of hand. So that's, that's my reason for doing this and seeing the amazing women that I see every day and reminding them of that, that they do have places to turn and kind of helping them find their resources. I just want to make sure that every single woman has that in her pocket, especially through these childbearing years that can be so insane. This resonates with me so much because I hear so many of my own thoughts and what you've just said when I chose to do Mrs. Utah, just walking away from my miscarriage in particular, just feeling so empty handed and not prepared for what I was going to feel physically and emotionally. And so I've tried to approach it in the best way I can, but I feel that you are addressing a crucial side of it that I don't have the experience to address. And that is exactly what you've been talking about this, you know, preventing postpartum depression or, or having the tools to address it as well as taking care of your core and taking care of your pelvic floor because it's almost inevitable that those two things physically aren't affected by a birth. And, you know, I feel like I was sent home with lactation pamphlets, which were more or less helpful, but no one was telling me, you know, like they just basically wait six weeks before you work out and then you should be good. And that's really all mothers know. And then what, right? Like yeah. your bedroom life can return to normal. Your gym life can return to normal. And you're like, nothing about my life is normal with a six week, six week old baby. Like I pee when I jump, like where's, where's just even some direction, even if it's just a referral, mm-hmm. just a referral saying like, Hey, if you do have this, there's some awesome people in. And so, yeah, like, Where's where's that community? And if we're giving away lactation pamphlets, which I agree, they, like that's so helpful. I'm so grateful for the lactation pamphlets, for the lactation consultants that came and helped me. But how awesome would it be um, 
my amazing friend Reagan, she is a marriage and family therapist here in Southern Utah. And she had the greatest idea. I want to make sure she gets credit for this because I think it's genius. But she's like, if we have lactation consultants, why don't we have therapists? Like a therapist that just drops in and says, hey, mom, if you have any issues, give me a call because this is what to expect. That's what they're telling us about breastfeeding, right? They're coming in and they're saying, hey, here's some tips and tricks. If you need more help, give me a call. Like, what about just that soft touch from a therapist that's kind and excited to be there and like just there to tell you that you might have some weird thoughts over the next little bit. And if you do, when you have questions about them, reach out. Yes. I think that would be like not just a game changer, like a life changer. Because like you said, you want like you're not thinking after you just birth a baby oh i'm going to have you know depression i'm going to have all these terrible physical side effects you're like i'm just trying to survive the night and so you need to know who you can contact later and if that's something you're having to research yourself you might think oh i'm not worth it you know like i need to give all my attention to my baby i don't need to seek out like I to be honest, I didn't even know that pelvic therapy was a thing until maybe last year. You know, because I, I I didn't know about, it. I didn't hear about it. So you starting the conversation and making it more well known, I think would change a lot. Yeah, that's and that's my big hope. You know, when we're in the hospital and you've just had a baby, and you have all of this oxytocin rushing through your brain, and you also have all of these thoughts of making sure everything's great and introducing them to your family like having our children can be like one of the very very best days of our lives but i know that there are a lot of women who within the first week month six months the first year that really changes and it's due to chemicals and it's due to physical pain and it's due to all these things so if we're having these conversations and making everyone know even aware of it So that once they start hearing things in their head, that's like telling them that they're a bad mother or telling them that they're, that they're not good enough, that they're able to see those red flags. Or if you have back pain consistently after having a baby, knowing that that's not just what comes with motherhood, but that there's some awesome, simple 10 minutes of exercise a day that you can do that. Um, And that you can really like receive help. Like I've talked with so many women that they're like, I can't even tell you how big of a difference it's made for me running around with three under three and in excruciating pain all day. I'm not kind. I'm not happy. And then I spend the entire evening beating myself up because I wasn't kind and happy and I wasn't the best mom I can be, but I'm also hurting. Um, And so I always say, like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Mm. Is it the pain and the pelvic pain and the core and the discomfort that causes some of these emotional feelings? Or is it the other way around? Is it that we're carrying so much mental and emotional stress that then you start holding tension in your pelvic floor or maybe a traumatic birth or like so many of the women listening, maybe it's a miscarriage or a loss. And the trauma that comes with that affects every cell in our entire body, physically and emotionally. And so just 
there's help and there, there are ways, and I think that there are even better ways that we can make sure every mom knows that there's help. Right. Just by normalizing it instead of, you know, like, like we've been saying, making them feel like there's something particularly wrong with them. Like being like, no, this, almost every mom experiences this. So we're making it a normal thing, but it, you don't have to suffer through it. There can be solutions. Yeah. And the solutions aren't always as expensive or as time consuming as you might think. Some of the things that I'm a really big fan of are guided meditations. And by guided meditations, I mean the free guided meditations on YouTube can be fantastic. Um, even listening to them after in the car, after you drop your kids off at school, on your way back home, not closing your eyes. <laughs> but like just kind of bringing some more positive thoughts in or grounding and breath work and learning, relearning that breath and pressure management inside your core can take one session with someone with the right education. Take one session to really help you understand how to manage that. And then you can practice it on your own. Um, there are so many resources for therapy where if you're a young, busy mom and you don't have time to get a sitter or the ability to get a sitter, there are so many free programs that can either like help you with your children, help you pay for childcare, or there are also really affordable therapy options that can be done virtually. Um, listening to podcasts, reading books, there's just a lot that can be done for very little cost that can make a big difference physically and emotionally. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I'm like, I'm raising my hand. I'm one of those people that doesn't like to spend money on myself and because um, that brings further guilt. So mm-hmm. hearing you say that actually makes me more inclined to seek seek out that help. Because I know you and I have talked about doing some virtual sessions together because, you know, I've been suffering with some pain. But then I like start thinking, I'm like, oh, but I already have, you know, a lot of medical bills that I'm going to need to pay for. Do I really need to like spend money on myself in this way? But you saying that like takes that load off me. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, I always say my goal, like even even when I was just focused solely on like general fitness before I got into my specialty, like my goal as your as your trainer is not to make you pay me over and over and over and over again for months and years. My goal is to teach you how to do it so that you can pay me for the shortest amount of time possible and still see success ongoing. I don't want to have to train the same people every single every single day. I want to be able to reach as many women as I possibly can. And so I pride myself on trying to give you the tools that you can use to to do it on your own and also being able to follow up and say, "Hey, am I doing this okay?" Um but Michael is for you to be able to spend your time being happy and pain-free and playing with your kids. And doing your exercises for 10 minutes at night and still feeling great, not peeing your pants, not hurting. So it can be really, really simple and it doesn't have to be super expensive. So yeah, that's awesome. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, uh, would the best way be through Instagram or do you have a website? 
So I do have a website. Instagram probably has the most like free information. Um, I post, I post a whole array of things on my Instagram. There's a lot of information about corn pelvic floor stuff. You'll probably see a little bit about my kids and my family life here soon. You're going to see a lot about my journey for Mrs. Utah America. And yeah, so social media is a great place. And even if you're not wanting training, even, um, just reach out and say hi. I would love to hear from anybody who is here and listen to this podcast and just connect with you, remind you that you're normal, that everything's going to be okay, um, and just get to know people a little bit more. Um, as far as my sessions go, I do have an office in Hurricane, Utah, where I can see clients one-on-one, but I realize that not everyone lives in my tiny town of Hurricane, Utah, um, so I offer virtual sessions as well. Um, through just Zoom or FaceTime, whatever works best. I'm always here to answer questions, and I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to connect more with you, Bailey, and with your audience. Well, I can't tell you how valuable I think your message and your work is. Um, I think it's truly life-changing because the Mrs. Utah America program is all about celebrating women, particularly married women. And what message could apply to them more than taking care of their bodies and their mental health in such a unique way that, you know, I don't feel like, as we've said, this whole episode is not a mainstream medical protocol. As, as, as it deserves to be, but it's just not. So thank you. Yeah. I have really big dreams of hopefully making some changes to that. And if nothing else, just getting more people on board who are willing to speak up and say, hey, what would you like me to do? Like, Just in our postpartum visit, say, hey, what can I do to make sure that I'm good? Um, and if we all stick together, I think we can. I'm I'm grateful for all of the all the things that have led me to where I am now and especially for all the women that have trusted me with their stories and for those of you who are taking your time to be here and listen to my story I think that we have we have something great here and we just need to stick together and make it happen well thank you so much for being personal to share your own story and it really seems clear that you've been led on a path you're you know, whole life to, to be where you're at now and helping women and, and being a blessing to others. So I am so fortunate to know you. I was following you on Instagram. I don't even know how I started following you, but I'm grateful I did. And then you signed up and I couldn't be happier to be connected personally with you. And your Instagram handle is ash.sorensen. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And Sorensen with an O-N. Okay, that is um, a good distinction. But yeah, combine me. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I cannot wait for listeners to use your resources. And we will be talking more soon. Thanks, Bailey. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye.